I know those words are very familiar and that's rightly so because we say them every Sunday together, but we've, we've been focused on the Lord's Prayer for our, these last nine or ten weeks, going phrase by phrase, reminding ourselves about what we're saying when we stand and we quote those words together. And as I've told you, we, we do the Lord's Prayer from the King James Version of the Bible translated in 1611. And it was translated from a specific Greek text that actually included a few additions to the original writings. For example, if you refer to Mark chapter 16, verses 9 through 20, or John chapter 7, verse 53 to chapter 8, verse 11, uh, you'll read by those passages a footnote that says something like this, the earliest and most reliable manuscripts do not contain this passage. And that's because modern archaeological findings and scholarship have helped us understand the transmission of these original texts because you'll you need to be reminded of the fact that the printing press was not invented for 1,500 years after the Gospels were written. And so the only way they were transmitted was, was being written by hand by scholars and monks throughout all of those 1,500 years. And, and every once in a while, apparently, someone would think that, that they could improve on what was there. Kind of funny, I know. But occasionally a scribe would add an ancient story or another biblical doxology to make it sound better from their perspective. And, and by the way, there are, there are doxologies throughout all of the Bible. Uh, listen to this one. It sounds a lot like how we end the Lord's Prayer. This is 1 Chronicles 29, verse 11. It says, Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and on earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. So those words of doxologies throughout the scriptures have this sort of ring to them that sounds very familiar and apparently some scribes someplace along the way decided we need to have a doxology at the end of the Lord's Prayer. And so these words are a part of what we say every Sunday. Now, uh, let, let me define doxology for you. Etymologically, I think it's pretty easy to see that it's a compound word because we know that term ology means the study of or the knowledge of something. So we talk about biology and sociology and psychology and, you know, we, we understand that one. So doxa is actually the New Testament Greek word for glory. So if you're going to define doxology, it's simply this. It is putting your focus on the glory of God. And so there are all of these places where biblical authors pause for a moment and just give a doxology so we can focus on who God is and what he's done for us. They're found throughout the Old Testament, in the New Testament letters. 
and they were considered a fitting way to end a prayer with an important thought. And so apparently, some scribe thought it was important to use a doxology at the end of Jesus' model prayer. And although these words were, were probably not spoken by Jesus, they are very biblical and they're part of a long-standing tradition. So as we pray the Lord's model prayer, we end with a doxology. But thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And in many, many ways, that's, that's a recap of much of what Jesus said as he gave us this prayer. So let's start by reminding us about the beginning and the end of this doxology, the first and the final assertions. The first assertion is that everything is the Lord. When you say thine is, or in contemporary language, yours is, when you say the Lord's Prayer, you are affirming to the Lord that you understand that your life, indeed everything that exists, is all about Him. You know, there's such a tendency in our lives to make it about us, isn't it? We just get so focused on ourselves. Everything in your life needs to revolve around who Jesus is and what he has done for you. I mean, I, I don't want to burst your bubble, but your happiness is not the most important thing in the world. Actually, your happiness is not even the most important thing to you. There are many more things in this world that are more important than that. Truth and faithfulness and loyalty and joy, they're all infinitely more important than just being happy. But we have a culture that teaches us that we should, we should do everything we can to be happy in this moment. And you want to know the, the frustrating part of that? The more you pursue happiness, the more it's like sand running through your fingers. Because you don't get to be happy by trying to be happy. You get to be happy by focusing your life on what is best. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, finally, Whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is admirable, whatever is lovely, if there's anything or excellent or praiseworthy, focus on those things and the peace of God will be yours. What a tremendous reminder for us. If you spend your life pursuing happiness, you'll probably live in frustration. But if you pursue the higher, most noble things in life, you'll find yourself incredibly blessed. When your universe revolves around yourself, you're probably setting yourself up for disappointment and sorrow. I mean, Jesus knew that clearly, didn't he? In the Sermon on the Mountain, Matthew chapter 6, he said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, all these other things you seek after, including happiness, will be given to you as well. So this doxology begins with a reference about ordering your priorities. You need to say, everything is God's. Everything in my life is His. 
And then interesting, the doxology ends about reminding us that everything that really matters in this life is eternal. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We spend so much time focused on today and our plans for the immediate future. And we need to remember that the Lord's focus is on eternity. The Lord is planning for us to live with him forever. Maybe you're like me. I, I have this constant battle to, to understand what life is like from God's perspective. Because I get so focused on whether I'm happy and healthy and wealthy in the moment, whether I have the things that, that make me feel contented. And then I, I turn to the scriptures and I, I read them and, and, and the Lord keeps saying, it's really not about this life. I mean, we serve a Lord who said, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. We serve a Lord who says anyone who would come after me must deny himself daily, take up his cross and follow me. Jesus did not promise that life would be easy. He promised that we win in the end. That when it's said and done, this relationship that we begin with God now lasts all the way into eternity. And he wants us living in love and trust and building a relationship that outlasts this life. So when you end the Lord's Prayer, don't just blithely say forever without thinking about what you're committing to. When you repeat that last phrase of the Lord's Prayer, you are proclaiming His kingdom and His power and His glory last all the way into eternity. They are forever. So apparently somebody way back when wanted us to review a few essential realities about the Lord before we said amen. And those realities are, his are the kingdom and the power and the glory. Now, of course, several weeks ago, we spent quite a bit of time talking about the kingdom because that was mentioned earlier in the prayer that Jesus gave us. As a matter of fact, I gave you the definition from my old professor that day that the kingdom of God is the rule of God in the human heart willingly accepted. It's not just something that we wait for in heaven. It's reality here and now in our lives. And Jesus is the king. When Pilate interrogated Jesus on the day he, he went to the cross, most of the focus was on this accusation that had been made by the religious leaders. They told Pilate he claims he's the king of the Jews. And so after that accusation was made, well, let's just pick up the story right there as written in John's Gospel, chapter 18. Pilate then went back inside the palace summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked? Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? 
Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you've done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom's from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say I'm a king. In fact, for this reason I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Jesus is the king. But his kingdom is not some mere political entity. It is deeper and so much more profound than that. I, I hope you get this. Jesus is the king. He is king in your life. He reigns in your heart and mine. And he asks us to pledge our primary allegiance to him. You've heard me mention before that the first creed of the church was actually a knockoff. The Pledge of Allegiance for Roman soldiers during the first century was simply this, Caesar is Lord. But when people started coming to Christ, they're thinking to themselves, no, that's, that's not it. Our allegiance is so much bigger and higher than that. And so the first creed of the church became, Jesus is Lord. Because it's a matter of allegiance. What's most important in your life? Every believer has dual citizenship. We are citizens of the United States of America. But our primary allegiance is to the kingdom of God. We are citizens of God's kingdom. And we must never forget that reality. You know, every Christian needs to pause from time to time and try to have an honest moment by asking this very important question. You need to pause and ask yourself, what is most important in my life? And the best way to do that is to pull out your calendar and your checkbook and see where your time is spent and where your money goes and where your focus is. As a matter of fact, if you're really brave, ask your loved ones to tell you what they think is most important in your life. Because they'll tell you. They'll tell you how you spend your time and where your talent goes and what's important with your treasure they'll let you know and it's important for us as believers to stop and ask that question is Jesus king in my life and do the people around me recognize that reality what was Josh McDowell's old saying if you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? It's a question worth asking. Nine is the 
kingdom and the power. We serve an all-powerful, omnipotent, omniscient God. Nothing is impossible for him. Or let's put it in positive terms the way Jesus did in Matthew 19, 26. He said, with God, all things are possible. Do you believe that to be true? I mean, we say we believe it. We believe it in theory. But in regards to the circumstances we face and the problems that are in our lives, often we are not convinced that he can do anything about the challenges that we face. And, and, and often because God does not do for us what we ask of him, we assume that he can't. You know, Jesus was incredulous when people doubted his ability to do whatever he chose. As told in Mark chapter 9, uh, Jesus was approached one day by a man seeking relief for his son's ailment. As you read the text, it, it becomes pretty clear that probably this son had epilepsy and he would have seizures and, and sometimes fall into an open fire or, or into water or, or whatever. And, and his father was desperately seeking for relief. And so Mark describes the interchange like this. He said, Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It's often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. You know, sometimes we need to come to the Lord just like that. Um, we think that, you know, we can kind of pull the wool over God's eyes and if we act like we, we believe or if we say we believe, then that's going to prompt God to act in some way that's favorable from our perspective. And actually, the Lord would rather just have us be honest with him. And amazingly, this man just blurted out what was on his mind. I do believe. Help me overcome my, my unbelief. You know, we're all work in progress in regards to faith. Do you remember Jesus famously said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could toss a mountain into the ocean? Apparently, none of us have a whole lot of faith. But we still need to be growing in that area. And if you have your doubts, don't play games with God. Just give them to the Lord. And honestly ask Him to increase your faith. Because one thing I've discovered is faith begets more faith and it goes beyond the mere circumstances of life it goes to the depths of of who you are in your relationship with God 
We serve a God of, of power. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Now, when, when, you, when you give glory, you are assigning worth. The higher the value, the more glory we give. There are a few things probably in your home that are carefully kept. I know at our house, we have various levels depending on how old our grandkids are. So stuff down here, you can do whatever you want to with. Stuff a little higher, those kids are more responsible. Stuff that's really high in the house, it's beyond my reach because Cheryl knows it's in, it's in possible danger. But, but we assign value. And it's so important for us to see that in our relationship with Jesus. You know, in, in, in the pictures of heaven, in John's revelation at the very end of the Bible, the focus is on how worthy Jesus is to receive the glory that comes to him from those who are surrounding the throne. And so, as John if you've been in Bible study with us on Wednesdays, you know that in chapters 4 and 5, he's given this privilege to sort of peek around the door into the throne room of heaven to see what's going on. And, and at the end of that passage, he describes it like this. He says, Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. And they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Well, that sounds a lot like how we end the Lord's Prayer. I hope you recognize that when you say the Lord's Prayer, you're actually practicing for what you're going to be singing when you gather around the throne of grace in heaven. So don't wait until you get there to start giving glory and praise to the Lord. Make it a part of your life now. It's a bit of a recap of what we talked a few, about a few weeks ago. You know, we were looking at those kingdom parables in Matthew chapter 13, and the one is about the, the pearl of great price. Do you remember that story? Jesus said a guy was out shopping and... and uh, he came upon this pearl and he, he recognized that it was going to cost him everything. But he recognized its value and Jesus said he went out, sold everything he had and then came back and bought the pearl. And that pearl, of course, represents Jesus. He's worth everything. Uh, and, and, and our Lord was not shy about telling people how important it is to understand that reality. You remember the story of the rich young ruler who came to Jesus with the question, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? I love the way the Gospels tell the story. It says, Jesus looked at him 
and loved him. He loved him. But because he loved him, he also challenged him. And so he said to that rich young ruler, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, then come and follow me and you'll have eternal life. What, what a sad ending. The Bible ends that story by saying the young man went away sad because he had many possessions. Jesus asked him to to literally do what we're talking about here. Understand that Jesus is worth so much that you should sell all your stuff and follow him. Now, when I was young and naive, (laughs) I used to tell people, don't worry, Jesus never really asked you to do that. Um, I'm older and wiser now. And I know that the Lord wants us to put everything we have at his disposal because he is worthy. He deserves the glory. Do you value Jesus enough that you would be willing to give up everything to follow him? I know I've been asking you to consider some really hard questions today. But they are spiritual reality. And when you say, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, you're really responding to all three of these facets of the Lord's character. You respond to his kingdom by giving him your allegiance. You respond to his power by exercising faith, by by believing that he can and will do what he says. You respond to his glory by recognizing that he is worthy of all that you can give him. And then, of course, the last word of the prayer is exactly what we would expect. Amen. Uh, When I ask people what amen means, they kind of give me the standard answer. They say, it means so be it. And, And that's a part of what it means, but there's a deeper, richer meaning to that word amen. It's a word that Jesus loved to use. And interestingly, Jesus almost never used it at the end of a statement. He'd always use it at the beginning of a statement. So if you have a Greek Bible, you'd see it says, Amen, Amen, I say to you. If you're familiar with the old King James Version, it was verily, verily, I say to you. Most modern versions translate it, truly, truly, I tell you. And, and verily or truly, Verily is from the Latin veritas, which means true, correct? Truly is, is Jesus' way of saying that, that this is fact, this is, this is reality. It's the truth. So when you are, are praying the Lord's Prayer, 
you're really saying something like this. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Truth! That's what you're saying. It's a reminder for all of us about ultimate spiritual reality and what God has for every one of us. Now that we've examined this prayer, I hope you'll appreciate it even more than ever. Jesus didn't waste any words, but he helped us understand that, that we're to, to give the Lord our praise, that we are supposed to come before him humbly, that we are supposed to ask him for the needs that he wants to supply in our lives, that we are supposed to commit to being forgiven by living forgiving. And that in the end, it's all about him. It's his kingdom, his power, his glory forever. What an incredible prayer. I can't think of a better way to end our time together as we bring this series to completion than to stand and say the Lord's Prayer one more time. I know you've already said it once today, but it's good medicine. So let's repeat these words together. Our Father, chart in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Truth! <laughs> Amen. God bless you as you go. Okay, and welcome back to the Galleon Grace Point podcast. We are at the finale of the What Did You Just Pray series, and this one was The Kingdom and the Power and the Glory Forever, Amen, which we uh, emphatically learn what amen means when uh, Pastor Paul very loudly yelled, Truth! <laughs> so uh, I've got my guest, Natalie Thomas, with me this week. Um, welcome, Natalie. Thank you. Um, so... Just uh, a couple pointers that I wrote down in here. Um, a couple things that stood out to me. I liked the line that he said, every believer has dual citizenships, uh, dual citizenship. We are citizens of the United States and we are citizens of God's kingdom. Um, that's true for believers. And I think that that can go along with what he was saying about happiness. Um, you know, if you spend your entire life trying to chase happiness, you're never going to be truly happy until Jesus is in your heart. I am living proof of that. I, I wouldn't say I was necessarily chasing happiness all the time, but the happiness that I have now in my life and in my family and in my heart is truly rooted in Jesus. Um, it's now to the point, uh, one of my favorite songs says, uh, 
you'd have to take you can't just cut off a limb you'd have to take the whole tree down because my roots are so embedded in now um but yeah so if, if you're constantly looking for something to fill that void in your heart um with materials anything you know tv shows whatever until you truly have christ in your heart you aren't gonna get there um I see it in my profession all the time. There are there are people that are trying to fill that void with Amazon packages every single day that I'm bringing them up to their door. And don't get me wrong, I do that as well. But that's not I'm not trying to fill fill a void in happiness. Uh, most of the time, it's uh, you know baby wipes and uh, pull ups. So um, I would say the only other thing that I would really add to that point would be, uh, you know, he said sometimes you've got to ask yourself. What what are you spending your money and your time on? And a year ago, two years ago, any I should say, and if you're really brave to ask someone you know that a year ago or two years ago, I I know what that answer would have been, and I wouldn't have been proud of it. But today, I I am very proud of where I'm at in my life, where I'm at in my family, where I'm at with my friends, where I'm at with Christ, and it all started by getting here, and. Uh, letting the Lord into my heart. So yeah, where is your time and money spent uh, <laughs> that you really think about that and ask someone that and that'll tell you what you need to know about yourself and what you need to put your priorities in uh, their main focus. So uh, Natalie, I'll ask you if you had any other thoughts on the sermon. Um, not, not really. Um, the end of your speech, you always say what is a piece of advice or something. Yeah. So it was something that I had thought of a couple weeks ago when I was listening to your podcast and it like went perfectly with um, pastor sermon because it's where it says, what do you make um, time for is what you think is the most valuable and important. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what I wrote down at the end of sometimes I'll write notes on the side. Yeah, and I did, yeah. I wrote that down because I just thought, you know, where are you spending your time? Mm -hmm. Because that really is, evident of what's important and valuable to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think parents, uh, especially that have kids, you know, our kids' age can fall into that a lot too. I listen to a lot of podcasts and one time I was listening uh, to David Pollack and he's very against, you know, summer sports and stuff like that because that's his family time. But he also was like, you know, kids get into travel ball and all this stuff, and all of a sudden they stop coming to church, and it's the right. same same spiel. Well, you know, we're really busy with baseball. We'd love to come back, but we've got this tournament. And so, yeah, I mean, if that's important to you, I'm not knocking it. I'm just telling you, you know, it, it goes along with this sermon. And I, and I don't have anything against sports, period. Trust me, I'm a huge sports fan. <laughs> but church and your faith needs to come first. Yeah. And, you know, that was, that was a big point of this everything is the lord's everything in your life needs to revolve around who jesus is and what he has done for you and i guess the only other thing i would add that i forgot about as i was looking at that note was you know we're trying to find this happiness we're trying to find this happiness you find it in the lord and mm -hmm. when uh, people are looking for that happiness that's a temporary void <laughs> um the lord's eternal so yes. <laughs> so uh yeah i guess that's a that's a pretty good bow i liked uh, i liked that so um yeah i guess uh we'll, we'll jump right into it uh as i said we've got natalie thomas on here um she's been listening to the podcast so she kind of knows They're the good. the lay oh thank you <laughs> she knows the layout and kind of the questions i ask uh, she already knew the advice question so uh <laughs> 
you know, you know what I'm going to ask next. So basically the way this layout is, is I ask you questions and more are going to pop up in my head as you're speaking. So um, I guess what I would say is where you lead, I will follow. So, (laughs) so uh, go ahead. Shout out Mike. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I, I did grow up in a church here in Galleon, Um, was very involved in it. We were always at church when the doors were open. Um, But I, Although I was constantly in the church, um, we grew up in a a household that um, was very, uh, I guess you would say, put on a show. Okay. I didn't realize that's what was happening, um, but that is what had happened. Um, So my father was leading a life that pretty much a a double life. Oh, geez. Um, He was married to my mom for 18 years, uh, had four girls. And then my parents divorced when um, I was going into middle school. Okay. Um, and the reasons for the divorce was very um, not accepted in the community, um, not accepted by me, right, you know, yeah. my, my mom and sisters. Um, and so we just kind of went through a time and still sometimes to this day are talked about sometimes um, in the community um, because of that. And... Um, I was very much, I always just wanted to please people. Yeah. Um, a people pleaser and wanted to get it right. And that was also just because that's how we were raised. Everything right. had to be perfect. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So kind of l- lived my life like that. Um, and then, you know, all through um, high school and stuff and just grades were important and pleasing people was important. Then I went on to get my college education and got a master's degree in teaching. That was always my dream and goal. When I was in third grade up, I just wanted to be a teacher, get married, and have kids. (laughs) So I did that. Um, Mike and I dated for six years, and then I finally was like, are you going to ask me to marry you? (laughs) (laughs) I had graduated from college, and I was like, that was the next thing. I was very goal-oriented. So um, I've got to check this box, Mike. Come on. I was checking some boxes, (laughs) and so – and then we – had a fa- had family young so we had Brayden and then I was like all right two years we're ready to have another one yeah. so I was very much just checking the boxes like you said and everything was really my my agenda okay. what I wanted mm-hmm. um and and Mike too um but we didn't I say I didn't really consult God on a lot of that stuff and I'm not proud to say that but it was just my goals and I was going to meet them right and so um I taught for 14 years, and I started to really sense a, a pull from teaching Okay. Um, three years before I ended up resigning from teaching. Okay. So um, Mike was not on board. He didn't want me to leave my career. Right. You know. Well, that can be a really scary thing. I mean, uh, it's yes. uh, it's a major life changing decision. So I, I I can imagine I would be in the if it was my wife, I would be in the same same right. boat. Like <laughs> I don't know if we can do this, but yeah, you know, uh, go ahead and continue. Yeah. So <laughs> he very much was um, against it. So I just kind of was doing some research on what I felt like God was calling me to, which was a cleaning company. Yeah. Cleaning. Um, ironically, I had actually cleaned 10 years from middle school all the way through college. Okay. And so I had a little background. Yeah. Okay. And I had said, I if teaching doesn't work out, I'll start a cleaning company. Joking. Because once I started teaching, I was like, I would That's never it. go back to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. You've already checked that box. Yes. <laughs> I did not enjoy it. I 
the thought of even like doing that as an adult was not it it like was not did not sound fun or anything and so um it was a kind of ironic that that's what I was feeling called back into yeah um and Mike just was thinking you know you're 14 years in your career how are we going to afford this right you know because you are you know at that point you're you've worked yourself up and you're making oh yeah yeah seniority and tenure and everything so yeah I can imagine uh same with my profession like if I was to transfer even to another office I would lose all my seniority and all that and it's that's a very scary thought when you've worked your way up somewhere but uh, I mean that's awesome that you uh, got the courage to do that yeah so I I realized I was not going to change Mike's mind up (laughs) and so I was I mean I had started this um, I had really committed myself um, to God and forming that relationship about seven years ago, I just really hit, hit a a point in my life. And I was just like, I knew every time where I was falling short and I, but I was not taking the time to spend time where it needed to be. Right. Okay. So I was very much into what my house looked like, Mm -hmm. my yard, you know, my classroom. Well, it sounds like because of the way you were raised, it was, it was. everything picture perfect on the, on the outside looking in anyways, yes. you know, I mean, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. uh, I can, yeah, I think that relates perfectly to this, yeah, uh, this sermon does. in this series. Yep. Yeah. So I, um, I had my, all of those things really became my identity. Okay. Um, and I really struggled with it because even at 14 years in my career, I did not have boundaries. Like my career was my everything. Okay. Even though I was here at church every Sunday, had my kids at church on Wednesdays, I was not making the one-on-one time like I knew I should with God. Right. Um, so, you know, seven years ago, I made a made a commitment and got into a Bible study with some women, women here from church, mm-hmm. and it has been life-changing. Yeah. It's like the thing that I truly you know, aside from my family and, and church family, like it is, if I could spend three hours every day in the word, listening to podcasts and diving in and really understanding the Bible that I would every day, Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) you know, I I totally agree. That's uh, that's a big reason why I started this is because, you know, I said it last week with Norm, I listened to a lot of them like unashamed and stuff like that, but I wanted more of a local feel you know, I want to, I want to know the people that I'm listening to. So that's kind of what I want people here to have is like, Oh, I know her. (laughs) So yeah, that's neat. I love that you're doing it. Well, I appreciate it. So, um, there was kind of a, I, I felt God was kind of preparing me because my identity was in teaching. Um, and I kept wondering why in that, really five year span of time, I, I wanted to work my way up the ladder and become admin, a principal okay. get into administration and doors just kept closing and it was still on my radar. Like I was still going to accomplish that, you yeah. know, and that's where I was going to spend my last 20 years of my teaching career. Right. And, but hindsight, I see what was happening. But now I, I at that time I was like, why is this not working out for me? Right. Yeah. You know, so, um, then I just started to continue to pray that God would change Mike's heart on mm-hmm. the whole leaving the teaching. Um, and in that May of 2020, okay. um, I did a Facebook post just to kind of see if there was any interest. And within like two weeks, I had 20 people interested. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Yeah. So <laughs> I was just going to kind of 
see how the summer went. Yeah. But at that point, Mike wasn't in board, so I was planning on going back into teaching. Um, be just because if my husband's not on board, then I'm not on board. Right. If yeah. We're You're a team. A team. Yeah. Yep, yeah. We're a team. Everybody's <laughs> got to do it together. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so real, real quick before you go on, yeah. I was just wondering. So you said in May of 2020 was when you put that out. Do you think you did that because of the covid break and you were like, maybe this is a good time or it just felt right at that it, at that time? I literally if. If God did not work on Mike and I was going to have to go back into that classroom, I was going to honestly really struggle with it. Yeah. Okay. It was, I knew, I knew myself that I just could not do it anymore. Okay. So maybe but, even in the COVID break might have been a good thing. Honestly, yes. you got away and you're like, okay, I, I don't want to go back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, um, got started that and it, but I was, I honestly was a little bit fearful. I'm like, all these people are going to expect me to be cleaning for them after three months. And what if my husband doesn't come on board and then I have to disappoint people. Right. Yeah. Comes that, you know, I want to be what everybody wants me to be. Yeah. Um, so literally like probably a week before I, I needed to put in my teacher resignation, Mike, we went to dinner for my birthday and he was like, you know what? I've really thought about it. And if this is something that you, you know, are feeling led and called to, I'm going to support you. We don't know how, what it's going to look like, how it's going to work out, but he's like, I support you. Yeah. So your prayers worked. Yes, it, <laughs> they did. And I, you know, it's nothing that I, other than just praying, he really worked on Mike's heart because yeah. he was adamantly against it. Well, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So so that would have been, you said, what, three months later? So you would have been looking like end of summer mm -hmm. of 2020 is when that started? Okay, and you've yep. been doing it ever since? Yep. And do, any uh, any feelings of missing teaching or anything? Are you, uh, you're, you're completely No, the more with... I'm away from it, I don't miss it. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> you know? Understandable. Yeah. Okay. So, yep. Well, that's awesome. So uh, what's the name of the company again? Answering the call. Answering the call. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. Well, look it up. Look it up. Yes. If you need anybody <laughs> cleaning. Um, so I guess I'll step back a couple things. Um, so, you know, once you and were you going here when you and Mike got married? Okay. I no. didn't know like when you actually started We were going to um, the Nazarene church. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Awesome. So when did you guys actually start coming here? So um, we started coming here when Lillian was just an infant. Okay. So she's nine. So about 10 years ago okay. is when we started coming here. Okay. Just, uh, you know, what I guess like, did you hear about it from someone else or did you just really like, that you was know, a so? whole nother story too. So <laughs> um, grew up at the Nazarene church okay. and um, as I became an adult and, you know, had my kids and stuff, um, I just was feeling uh, at a point in my life, I went through like a two year span where I felt like, okay, it's time to move on from here. Okay. Um, but it was one of those things where you're familiar with the environment, you're familiar with the people. Mm -hmm. It's what, you know, Too comfortable com comfort yeah. zone. And so, um, I really for two years, like struggled with making that decision. And literally one Sunday I showed up to the church there and I felt the Holy Spirit say, this is, this is your last day. Yeah. You don't have to come Close back that here. Door. Yeah. And literally that, that was, that yeah. was the last Sunday that we went there. And then my kids had went to VBS here okay, and absolutely loved it. Okay. We knew a lot of the, you know, the people that went here, um, not close, but we knew of them. Um, so we've been coming since. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's amazing. Like everybody I've talked to, it's kind of been that 
they were here one time and it wasn't like, eh, and then we came again a few yeah. months later. It was no. like, nope, we're, we're here and we are here for the long haul. Yes, it's an amazing church. It, it really is, but that's that's really cool. So you said, yeah, about nine years, eight or nine years ago. Yep. Awesome. That's really, really cool. Um, yeah, because we kind of had a similar thing and I don't hold any ill will, you know, towards my old church right. or anything. Yep. It was just, you know, I grew up with it and kind of felt like a, I was going through a repetitiveness there and I I wasn't gaining right. anything spiritually and I, this, I, this is coming from someone who went to Catholic school like I had religion class every day I, yep. I know the stories but as an adult I was like you know I'm I'm still hearing the same things I heard in third grade this, right this yeah. doesn't feel right anymore yes but yeah um so anyways, to, get, um, to step back, a few other things that, just, that <laughs> yeah. keep popping up in my head. Um, so tell me a little bit more about your family, like uh, how how you and Mike met and go on from there. Okay. Again, uh, so I'll use the Gilmore Girl quote again, where you lead, I'll follow. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is a Gilmore Girl fan, <laughs> if you guys aren't following. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, he definitely wanted that to be mentioned, he too. He did. <laughs> <laughs> he said, can you please? <laughs> um, so... Um, let's see here. I have a twin sister. Okay. And uh, her her boyfriend at the time, she ended up marrying her high, like middle school sweetheart. But he lived on the same road that Mike lived on. Okay. And um, I didn't have the greatest of luck <laughs> with boys. I kind of would get used, I guess, to help him with homework. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so they kept telling Mike, like... We, Nicole has a twin, you guys, you would be great together. And, but Mike is four, four years older than me. Okay. So, um, you know, he, I was, I turned 18 my senior year and then that's when I was allowed to date someone that was that older. Was older. Okay. And so, um, they had introduced us together. Actually, not yet. They had t- taken me to a party that Mike was having cause it was his birthday. Ah, okay. And I saw him and, um, thought he was cute. And so I think within that next day or sometime that week, I had gotten him a rose. Okay. And I had a card from his secret admirer. Okay. And so I went and put it on his porch, not knowing that he saw me from the window. (laughs) (laughs) So as I, you know, I just left it on his porch and didn't think he would find out. I mean, I guess I was hoping that he would, but, um, and then I had was with Matt and Nicole that evening and he was like, so, you know, what was that rose? And so, yeah. And it, we've been together since. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So. And then what, uh, what year did you guys get married? We got married in 2006. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And you've got three, three kids. Three kids. Okay. Yeah. And you've got one in high school and two. So two in high two school. Two in high school. A junior school. and a freshman. And then Lillian is in fourth grade. Awesome. Yep. Same as Brantley. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. I guess my next question then would be, um, you got the kids here to vacation Bible school and everything. So mm-hmm. that would have been the two that were in high school at the time that I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. So they yep. get here and then do they do, you know, like the, the youth group and all oh, that yeah. stuff? Oh yeah. Yeah. They, um, absolutely loved the, the youth group. Um, and they have been really active. You know, we were active in Kid Venture when they had that. Uh-huh. Um, I did some of the skits on Sunday mornings up there. I had always spent my time teaching Sunday school at my old church. Oh, okay. And I, I kind of stepped away from that. I wanted something, you know, different, but they didn't have those kind of opportunities at her old church. Okay. And so, um, 
we would go to that every Sunday. And I was like, this is really neat. I think this would be a fun way to use your gifts. Not that I'm gifted in um, theater (laughs) because I'm not. I never did theater, but I just thought that'd be fun. Yeah. And so I did that. I think maybe like four years and then, um, and then the kids would, we would go there and then they would go to their Sunday school and then I would come here. Mike was not attending church at that time. Um, so he, he attended a little bit at the NAS. Um, he always worked second or third shift. Okay. He always worked six days a week Yep. and his, I say excuse. I, I got very frustrated, um, with my husband, um, because he would say Sundays is my only day to sleep in. Uh And that was the story every Sunday. And so I actually just told him, uh, you know, a while back, not too long ago, but I was like, I actually got really frustrated with you and I stopped praying for you (laughs) because (laughs) I just, I did, I got annoyed by it. Right. Um, and it was not a priority. He was a believer, but church was not a priority priority. And I'm like, you know, if you are physically able to get into the church, I really believe you should be in the church. Yeah, I totally I totally relate to what he's saying, though. I mean, I've been in that same yeah. circumstance until I got here. I mean, I used to work six days a week and Sundays were my only right. day to sleep in. And and I'll be honest, that was my excuse. Most of the time I didn't even sleep in. I just okay. didn't want to go. Right. Like it was, you know, I've said the story multiple times about when we were even first coming here. Like I had no true ambition on coming here and staying here i just okay i went along with it and then i got here and was like oh wait okay yes, i yeah. do like this and <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> the lord spoke to me right that day and uh so i guess that would lead me into the next thing then so how did you was mike the same way when he first got here did it did it instantly click with him or so um he would come every now and then. I, I don't know what they call it when you just come for Easter and Christmas Eve, but that's what he would come for. Um, he he really struggles in crowds. And so he would, you know, just kind of end up in a sweat and have to step out for a good majority of it mm-hmm. until he felt comfortable. And so that was kind of his thing. He also didn't like that he he felt that way. Right. So that also would help. He would put the brakes on a little bit, you know, like I'm not comfortable there. And I was like, you just keep coming and it will get better. Yeah. Um, so actually what happened, it's almost been three years now. Okay. Um, my sisters and my mom and I, we always take a trip to Pennsylvania and go shopping for Christmas the, the weekend before Thanksgiving. Okay. And, um, so almost three years ago, I, didn't even ask Mike to get the kids to church that day. I was like, I'm not even going to bother because at that time it kind of would have been a little bit of an inconvenience. And I was just like, I'm not even going to deal with it. Not worth the fight. Not worth the fight. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't mention anything. And I just thought, I guess they won't go to church this Sunday because my mom would have been the one that I would have said, can you get them there? But she was with me. Right. And so I, you know, obviously called them on that weekend trip and he said, I took the kids to church today and my jaw dropped. I was like, <laughs> you did, you did? <laughs> like what? Like you really, you really got up and went to church. And he's like, yeah. And he has not missed a Sunday since. I believe it. And he loves it. Yeah. And I was just telling him, you know, a couple months ago, like as his wife, um, sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good. That was like one of the most important things for Oh, I me can as imagine. his wife, yeah, you know, um, because, you know, I just, I married him because 
of the person that he is. Yeah. And um, I knew that he would be a wonderful father mm-hmm. to our future kids yeah. and um, a wonderful husband. Um, and, you know, he he believed in God, but he did not have that strong relationship. And it, it, it was straining on our marriage. Right. And um, to have him, you know, come around almost nearly, you know, 18 years later and to really he's really over the course of these three years, like he's really growing as a Christian. Yeah. And I'm like, that is really all, all that I wanted as yeah. his wife. Yeah, absolutely. And for my kids to start seeing that, like it's impacting, like it's, it's just huge. The ripple effect of a man, your husband going to church. It really is that you can notice it like almost immediately too. Yep. Like, you know, not that, you know, kids aren't looking up to their mothers, but the, the right. fathers are the leader of the family mm-hmm. in most circumstances. And when they see that, I mean, I've noticed it with my kids. And yep. I mean, honestly, you know, just everything you said about Mike is spot on. He's a great person. Um, he's been a great friend since we've grown our relationship. Yes. Um, <laughs> great father. I mean, just you know, even just good with kids, period. Like when he, he was is. over at the, ho- yeah. the house last <laughs> week, he gives my daughter <laughs> his phone so she can go <laughs> run around and watch Super Kitties. And yeah. He's just a, an awesome guy. One of the uh, one of the first few guys that I really developed a relationship with here. Um, we really uh, talked first on the fishing charter. Um, yeah. You know, Nate was one of the first, Nate and Neil were one of the first ones I talked to there. And then uh, Mike came up to me and... Uh, we kind of were on the side by ourselves for a little bit, talking for quite right. a while. I mean, we had some uh, mutual people we knew, and then he was showing me a lot of the work he's done on the lures that yeah. he makes and everything. And so just an awesome, awesome guy, um, you know, and it, it makes it even better that he's the world's biggest Gilmore Girls fan. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> I, just, I had to throw it in one more time. Mike. I said, I said, um, Rochelle, he can, we can have all the girls and Mike yeah. <laughs> sit there and watch it with us. Uh, I, I'll, I'll oblige as well. <laughs> but no, I, uh, I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, and I think my wife felt the same way you did. You know, she yeah. got teary eyed at that point where she's, you know, finally like I've felt this way now I've got him on board and yes um you know as much as Mike and I were doing it to make you happy it was or make you and my wife happy it's also just because the Lord finally spoke to us and reached us and in a way that I honestly didn't think was possible and I'm sure Mike probably feels that way as well like it was not important to me at one point in my life and uh you know, that was a sermon a few weeks ago is, you know, you are never going to be invested in something you find unimportant. And right. then one day it was, and I always was a believer, the same thing, but I wasn't right. practicing. Yes. I was, uh, you know, I claimed to be uh, a believer in God. And, and like I said, I, I did. And I just wasn't, I didn't know what I was doing. I right. was, I was kind of lost and wow, the changes that it makes is yeah. insane. I, I can't say it enough times. It feels like I'm just repetitive on this podcast sometimes, but once I stepped foot in here, it was, it was a game changer. Everything changed for our marriage, for Mm -hmm. parenting. And again, it's, it's not, you know, my wife even said a couple weeks ago, we were talking about something and she was, uh, I was talking about something from years ago and she was, uh, like, yeah, like we never had a bad relationship. Like it's never like we didn't love each other, but now it's just at a, a brand new level. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It's the most yep. important thing because we're we're on the same page in 
preparing ourselves for eternity. Yes. So, yep. Yeah. And there is no greater thing to be doing. <laughs> I know. You know, like I used to be a worrier. I would stress about things. I would, you know, like fret and literally I wake up every day and I'm like, I'm going to worry about today. Yes. And I'm really not worrying about it. I know he's going to take care of it right. and everything might not go perfectly. And there might be some tears shed or, you know what I mean? Of but course. at the end of the day, I always put things in perspective. Like, is it really that big of a deal? Yes. You know, yeah. and that's really how we need to live each day because so many people just worry about things that are uncontrollable. Yes. And that really in the big scheme of life, they're not important. It's a short term <laughs> problem. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Know, and I think, a, and I think a lot of people are going through that because, you know, this, these are very, very difficult times for a yes. lot of people. I mean, you know, there's not a lot of people that are absolutely thriving in today's economy, right. you know, things cost more and that's obviously incredibly stressful, but right. You know, if you can sit and dwell on it or you can pray about it and right. your, your worries will feel a lot, a yes. lot better. So yep. I, th I think that's uh, I think that's a heck of a way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I guess the other thing I was going to ask you, too. So you went on the mission trip this year. Yes. Um, was this your first time? It was. OK. So um, give me uh, give me a little stories. Oh, I guess before you give me stories from that, um, how did you a get to the point that you're like, this is something I want to do and B, how did you get to the point where you're like, this is something I'm going to do? Yeah. Um, so when we started attending this church, um, shortly after they had taken a teen group on a mission trip okay, and I was like, Oh, that is so cool. Um, I, Number one, I've never left the country, and I grew up in a very sheltered home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, even in get like I just I don't I'm not very worldly, I guess you would say, um, very naive, and you know, um, so that part earlier, you know, ten years ago, I was like, yeah, that's scary. Yeah, no way, <laughs> not, not happening. <laughs> I'd get eaten alive. <laughs> yeah, <you know>? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I did think. I mean, I always like been a loved like missions and, um, but another thing that kind of would worry me is, you know, I don't growing up in Galleon, it's not very, very diverse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so that makes me nervous because sometimes I would think I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm okay. going to do the wrong thing. Yeah. And so I just kind of get in my head and yeah. just think it's I, no, not for me. Um, but I just loved the idea of, of that doing it. Yeah. And I then was like waiting for a time when it would come around and that I could go. But in other mission trips that would come, it was more for just men. You know, they were doing some things that really women couldn't do. Okay. Um, so then there weren't really any opportunities. And then once COVID hit and all that, I was like, that really put the brakes on. And I actually, in my mind was thinking, wow, I don't know that I'll ever get to go get on a mission trip. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there wasn't any talk of it, nothing for, you know, quite a while. And so literally that Sunday in February, when I saw it in the bulletin, I was like thinking in my head, I'm going to ask Mike if he wants to go. And if he does want to go, I'm going. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, honey, do you think that you would want to go? And he's like, no, I can't do the heat and I'm not leaving the country. He was like, so that's all you. And so I messaged Jeannie and I was like, do you know any details like on this? And she didn't know a whole lot. And, 
And then that's when I, you know, let them know that, yes, I was interested. Okay. Um, and then I got a phone call from pastor and he was like, well, here's the deal. You're the only woman that's going to go. And I was like, I don't care. Yeah, a, <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I, I mean, I don't care. And so I think he was kind of surprised and, but I, I didn't even think I didn't need to know any details. I, I just knew I was going, yeah, yeah. you know, and I was re- very excited about it. So, okay. So there wasn't even really a, a, a ramp up then you just, you weren't nope. going to go. And then you were like, all right, I'm in. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> all right. So walk me through kind of, uh, I guess the beginning, like, uh, were you, how you were feeling when you were getting ready to leave and, you know, how you were when you were coming back, kind of the whole uh, range of emotions and experiences yeah. on the mission trip. So I think a lot of um, my family was worried about me. And like I said, I don't really live in worry, fear, what ifs. And so I'm not thinking about all the things that they are. Yeah, <laughs> and they're okay. like, you know, because we were supposed to be going to a, like an Indian reservation where it was very, you know, kind of out there remote and this and that. And I'm like, yeah so (laughs) and so um they were definitely more worried than I was um and I was like it's gonna be okay I was like I'm not leaving any of their sides you know like they're literally gonna be like right there with me it's gonna be okay um and then you know sleeping in tents and someone said so you camp and I was like nope all right (laughs) I I don't camp but (laughs) I used to camp you know when I was in my younger 20s but not a whole lot even yeah so I can't really say I'm a camper um but and do I love spiders? No, I hate spiders. <laughs> I don't like bugs, but yeah. I was like, it's going to be okay. I'm going to keep my tent zipped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll do it. <laughs> you know? So, um, so I was, I was not, um, nervous. I, you know, I don't know Spanish. So I was like, how is that going to work? Yeah. And, you know, I really don't know, didn't know any, um, but I'm, I did tell the guys, I'm like, if you see me smiling and nodding, I have no idea no what's idea going what's on. <laughs> so, um, so I was a little bit nervous once we got, you know, to that airport, like with customs and all that. Cause I'm like, I, I don't travel. Right. I've okay. only flown. Maybe that was my third time. Okay. Um, so I don't have a lot of flying experience, you know, Same. yeah. <laughs> and I just, I don't have a lot of experience with culture, you know? And so, um, but they, you know, they were all great, walked me through it and, um, it was just the, the whole experience was I, I can't even like put it into words. Um, I totally would do it again though. And okay. I want to like, it's, it's part of my, I feel like it's part of my mission now is okay. just to be able to go and, you know, share the love of God and just also see how other people in other countries are worshiping the same God we are yeah. and their love that they have. Like yeah. it was, it was really cool. Um, but I'm very, phys- I, I like physical labor. Mm-hmm. So that part I really enjoyed. Um, okay. I like working with my hands. And um, so, you know, we helped finish building their church for them. Yeah. Um, I will say the, being the only female and, you know, the the women there, they, they just cook and clean. Yeah, yeah. Laundry. Um, and then the men are doing all the work. So that I think was kind of weird for them to see me to in see that role. It, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't get super close to the women. Okay. Um, and I would like to learn, like I have not started it yet. Um, 
my goal is to start learning Spanish. Okay. That way I can communicate Have more with the women. More next time yeah. Okay. Um, because they they would smile. They were very friendly. We said a little bit of Spanish, you know, but it was more, you know, very just terms that we would all know. Right. Um. So that is a goal of mine because you know you I saw how. Jason and Neil and you know Tony and I mean just all of them how Brent how over the course of the years that they've been going they've really formed some good deep relationships with those men okay and the impact that they have on them and so that was really neat to see that you know um and it was just the the night that we got to worship in their church it literally like brought me to tears. Like oh, I, that. it was, it was very moving. I don't know what they were singing, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, like <laughs> they were singing in their own language and, you know, but you could just feel the Holy, Holy spirit in that, in that church. Yeah, and you, you felt the love of God and those children were just the sweetest. Oh, and it was a really neat experience. And I would, you know, like anytime that, for whatever, you know, whatever you feel the Holy Spirit pushing you to do, no matter how big or small, no matter how fearful or do it. Yeah. Because the blessing that you get is incredible. It, it sounds like it was a really awesome experience. It was. Everybody I've talked to, I mean, you know, they basically have told me, you know, outside of the, the stomach uh, yeah. <laughs> for a little bit, <laughs> everything was pretty good. Yeah, that was... That was an experience. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Oh, that's funny. Um, So I guess I didn't even realize that, but as you were saying it, so the... I guess I just kind of assumed it was different people all the time when they went there. So they knew these people. Like they knew Jane some and, of them. So okay. the, the crew that went up from Olanchito that went up with us to do the work. Okay. They knew that crew. Oh, okay. That's, That's Pastor really cool. Juan and um, people that he knows in the community. Okay. So a lot of those guys, they have worked with for probably I think four mission trips now. Okay. So we did not know the community of people that we built the church for. Okay. Um, so we didn't know them. Um, they didn't know them, I guess. Um, but they did know a lot of the people, the, the men that worked with us. Okay. That's yeah. That's really cool. So on the, on the day or night when, you know, they got to worship there for the first time. So yeah. was that a, what, was it a pretty big crowd that showed up or? Um, uh, it, so a lot of the families were, always right there in the area mm-hmm. as we were working throughout the week. Okay. Um, there were a few families that came just for that night of worship. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think, I, I don't know. There might've been like 30 people in the service or something. Okay. Um, I forget how many fam. I feel like there was maybe seven families. Okay. Um, Cause we, you know, gifted each family some food and like some of our, you know, stuff that we were leaving behind because we didn't, we don't bring a whole lot of stuff back with us. Um, So I think there were seven families um, and yeah, most of them were kind of around that week, you know? Yeah. So. Okay. So I guess, um, how would you kind of sell it to someone that's kind of on the fence of if, if they would want to go? I mean, I guess, um, you know, for me, let's use me as an example. I guess yeah. my excuse, <laughs> you yeah. know, because I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I can't do it. It's an excuse. So, okay. <laughs> um, you know, uh, well, I, I'm going to have to miss work. I don't like flying. I don't want, you know, to have the stomach bug. How do yes. you, how, sell me on uh, right. on, on how I can get there. And because uh, I actually, I, I do 
think that eventually I'm going to go on one. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'd say the one excuse that is kind of holding me back right now is that my daughter is very young. So right. um, in a couple of years, though, I, I do think to go on one but if you uh if you could sell me or someone else that's listening to it how listening to this how would you sell me on it oh gosh i'm not a saleswoman <laughs> well you almost have to be i mean I you've got to sell your cleaning services i know and i I'm, i mean everybody that works for me knows i don't really i'm not pushy okay, okay. <laughs> um i don't know like you know you would never want to miss out on an experience or opportunity that god has written down for you and already in store for you, right? Yeah. You would never want to. Correct. Um, because we all know that everything he's got planned for us, it's shaping and developing us in some form and manner, right? Yeah. So even though the experience had some pretty crappy parts, yeah. <laughs> literally. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's a good adjective. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, you know, was literally laying down in in my tent one day, all day, you know, I still would in a heartbeat sign up today. I I would. And like you, you won't, I mean, yes, you can touch people here in the United States. You can touch people locally in Shelby, Gallia and Crestline. Um, but I guess what, what I would tell you and anybody else is you really don't know how good you have it here right and to have that perspective and to see how much we really take for granted and how good we have it like we really should not be complaining about anything ever yeah um and it's it's you know jason said you're you'll quickly quickly get back into your routine of life and you know because it's i don't know like the leading up to it and then you know even coming back for you know close to a month you're still in that mentality right and but I mean we do we take so much for granted and like every day since my journey started you know like really seven years ago my my goal every day is how can I grow closer to God how Mm -hmm. can I be more like Jesus how can I reflect that how can I be that light yeah those experiences that you can't get here, they give you that, Yeah, okay. you know, they really do. Okay. And, um, so you go thinking you're helping people, but really they are helping. giving, gifting, gifting you something yeah. that is a lifetime gift, okay. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, I, okay. I think you've sold me on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just thinking to myself, like, as you were saying, you know, we don't realize, uh, you know, how good we have it and the things we take for granted. And, I think all parents are guilty of saying that to their kids, but, uh, right. you know, we have an idea of what it's like over there, but you're kind of expressing to me like, no, we really don't No, And, and obviously the, this trip that I went on, it's, it was very remote and I mean, they literally just threw their garbage on the ground okay. and they would just burn their garbage and they didn't, they would every now and then have a little, sack of I think that some of the cement stuff was in and we would maybe sometimes throw stuff in there okay um but I'm imagining that attracts a lot of wildlife oh around it did too. it did yeah. I mean so I mean just their cleanliness like their access to water mm-hmm. and you know all of that like yeah. it really makes you think like wow I I have so much that really like all the things that you come back to in your house, you look around and you're like, 
why do I have all this stuff? I have 17 bottles of soap. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, why Why do I have all of this? Yeah. Like, do I really need all of this? Right, yeah. You know? Yeah. So. But I think it goes to show, I mean, just how how good God can work in somebody. I mean, you, you started this episode by describing how, like, er, your house had to be perfect. Yes. Everything had to be perfect. Like, I'm just guessing that that version of you would have never even considered going somewhere like that. No, actually, uh, during that time, I said, oh, I will never leave the country <laughs> right, ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, I, I just wouldn't. Um, and and because I lived that way, um, before we moved to the house that we live in now, like, I just had this um, impression that my house was never good enough. Mm-hmm. It was too small. And we never had anybody over. Uh, like, Mike and I missed out on a lot. Like, our kids, we would let our kids have friends over. Right. But as far as, like, Mike and I's relationship with friends, like, we really, we, we, we hold ourselves back from things that God has for us. Right. Because we're not willing to let go of pride or, you know, whatever it is. Right. We're not willing to be humble and, you know, like, and I got to a point where I quit apologizing. You have to quit apologizing mm-hmm. for things because you, that that's good enough. Yeah, exactly. You know, it yeah. is. We are good enough yes. in our current state, no matter how much we've sinned or, you know, no matter how we've lived our life or what bad choices we've made, we are good enough right now in yep. this very second for him. And Absolutely. he can use us in so many ways that we don't, we can't even fathom. Yeah. And that's, uh, I think a lot of people get lost. I mean, we've talked about it. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm referencing this series, yeah. like the greatest <laughs> hits of the series coming to me, but people, you know, there's people that think they're lost and there's nothing that can happen for them. And it's not it's true. It's just not true. Right? You know, and you could be someone that is at the absolute worst rock bottom, or you could be someone that you just, you can't figure out exactly right. what you're feeling. You're just kind of, you're you're like Ohio weather. You're just great. Right, yes. <laughs> you know? So it's 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 so easy to fall into that though. Yep. I mean, you know, I feel like forever when people were coming over, you know, if the first thing that came out of my mouth is sorry that my house is a mess and then I finally started getting people to respond to me. They're like, I, we had kids the same age. Like yes. we understand. <laughs> yes. Not that big of a deal. And I'm like, yep. you know what? Why am I? What what is the point? Who I cares? know. Yeah. You know, same thing. Like we love our home, you know, is it the biggest home in the world? No, but we are, our doors are open, you know, yep. we had you guys over and we had a great and, time. And so did we, and it, <laughs> yep. it was just a fun time. And not, and then not one time did I think about that afterwards? Like, well, you know, no, did I clean that one spot in that one corner? <laughs> <laughs> right. And if I don't next time I'll hire Natalie to clean it for me. So. That's right. Answering the call. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Perfect plug. <laughs> well, um, I guess before I get into the, the final things I do on here, is there uh, any other stories you have that I haven't questioned you on or something you want to bring up? I don't think so. You think you covered all the bases? I think so. <laughs> okay. So I guess the the other thing I would say, you kind of gave a little bit of the advice thing earlier. Did you have something else you wanted to end with advice-wise? Um, or did you, uh... This is a piece of advice that Mike has remembered since our marriage counseling. I made him do marriage counseling. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, and he has actually reminded me of it because... Sometimes I can be the one that gets a little huffy and puffy, (laughs) (laughs) you know, isn't always like listening or giving him like direct attention. And so he was like, you know, remember in our marriage counseling, you know, pastor said, 
um, like the first five minutes of an interaction with your spouse or, you know, whoever in your household or even at work, the way that you interact within that first five minutes, it's going to determine how the rest of your day goes. And he will remind me of that sometimes because, you know, we can sometimes, especially when he worked second and third shift, it was just come and go. And Mm -hmm. we were just you know, we didn't see each other and we were very snippy sometimes, you know, yeah, Yeah. stressed and trying to carry the load of, you know, the household. And, and so, you know, that is just a piece of advice I would, you know, like to share because it is true. Like we really need to not push whatever has happened at our, at our work of that day. It shouldn't be pushed back on our spouse or our kids. Or, you know, if we had a bad, uh, something happened with a friend or, you know, something that doesn't need to be reflected once we step into our home at you know and pushed off onto our family so yeah absolutely because it's not only going to affect you know you and your spouse at that moment but then you're going to be irritated at each other but you're not going to want to argue in front of your kids so then you're just going to (laughs) be pent up all day long thinking of more things to say no I totally agree with that I think the that and then you know what everyone says don't go to bed angry you know kind of mixed all in one yeah because then you're just going to start the next morning even more angry (laughs) I had a dream about you and you won't (laughs) believe what you did yes oh goodness no I like that advice that was that was really good um and I appreciate you coming on I'll uh I'll close out real quick with some of the uh things so you're I know Mike's doing uh, Jason's connection group. Are yes. you in any right now? I'm not in any okay. right now. I I was gonna go to that, but with Mike's journey and you know everything with the Lord, I thought you know I really I do want him to have his space yeah. and feel like he can really speak and do what he wants because yeah. sometimes even I mean even sometimes when you're new because he thinks well she's so much further along than me and I'm like you need to stop saying that yeah. you know but so I said I'm gonna kind of just let you yeah. do this you you do this and I'll stay home with the kids and I want you to really focus on you know your connection group so yeah absolutely yeah um that's that's a really cool that you thought that like forward on it and honestly I'd tell you Mike is uh if not the first within the first couple that the day this gets released he's texting me within hours of it being released yes. and tell it, talking about the episode um he has been a great supporter of this he's been a great friend all the way along but uh so yeah his his journey's going very very well and it is yeah know, in a short friendship that I've had with him just in that um brief amount of time like I'm very proud of how I've how I've seen him grow oh yeah so he's thanks a, he's a really really it's been really cool to watch. Yeah. It's been really <laughs> cool to get to know him and get to know you guys and everyone here that I've spoken to. I mean, Norm and I hadn't ever really had a conversation until, I mean, just brief things here right. and there, but hadn't even, he didn't even know my name until last week when okay. I asked him to do the podcast. And then we had that episode. And uh, first of all, it was awesome. He was, yeah, that was a good he one. He was fantastic. Yes. <laughs> but I came up here and hit stop on the recording and. We sat down there for another half hour talking, and I just was laughing as he was talking. I'm like, Norm, I didn't have to stop <laughs> recording. We could have kept going. So I told him that again Sunday because he brought me the movie that he was talking oh, about. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I, I was going to watch it last night. But we were actually watching it tonight. But yeah. uh, I told him that. I said, we could have kept recording. And he goes, well, that just means that I'll come on next time because uh, Colette said I stole the mic the whole time anyway. So be stay tuned for part two yeah. with the Meese family. Because, with Colette uh, in the spotlight. Yes, exactly. <laughs> 
I don't know though. Norm Norm will try to steal it. I bet. So. <laughs> That's great. Uh, but to uh, to touch on a few things coming up. So, uh, you guys are listening to this probably Wednesday. Um, so there will be Bible study at 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Wednesday. Youth group from 6:30 to 8:30 in the Christian Life Center. Um, this Saturday is the first, uh, well, the first of <laughs> of November. That's the only one in November. The men's breakfast and Bible study at 9 a.m. in the cafe. I was really looking forward to that because uh, I work most Saturdays and um, I only get like every fourth or fifth off the way my schedule uh, rotates and I was going to get to go to this one and we are now down two carriers so I have to work which stinks but it'll be okay still going to have fun in the evening but I will have to miss this one but as a little bit of a teaser for next week we will have the man himself in charge of that Tim will be on the podcast next week. Um, but, uh, this Sunday there will be practice for the kids Christmas program again. There wasn't last week. Um, also Sunday, I don't, I I almost forgot my own thing. Open gym. And this one, I have heard from a lot of people that they are bringing their kids, uh, because basketball is starting to get into full swing. Um, even if they're not playing and they just want to come play around, they're welcome. But if they want to work on their skills a little bit and, play with some kids, get some pickup games going, or if you're just a parent that feels like your kid is way too energetic on Sunday from <laughs> 4 to 6, drop them off, and we will do something with them. Um, oh, yeah, and then uh, baptism. Baptism is this Sunday. Uh, personally excited on another level because my wife is getting baptized. I'm super excited to see that. Um, actually, my father-in-law and uh his wife are coming up to watch Rochelle get baptized they live uh in southern Ohio a little over three hours away so you know don't get to see them all the time period but uh I called him and he's actually been a listener of the podcast and has been a big fan of it so they're coming to watch Rochelle and watch everybody get baptized um but I I think that pretty much covers it um the sign-up sheet is still out there oh wait I did forget a couple more things (laughs) sorry um fall back next Sunday. So uh, if you uh, show up to church on the wrong time, we know that you forgot to change your clock. Um, And then, yes, uh, the Grace Point Membership Exploration Day is not this Sunday, but Sunday, November 12th from noon to three in the cafe. And they are still taking donations for the PB&J Friends fundraiser. I think they said they're out of books, but they still have calendars left. And you can still sign up for the 5K. My wife and mother-in-law are doing that and looking uh, very forward to that. And then the last one I will say, because I'm long-winded here with this, I can tell, is um, they sign up sheets for everything for Thanksgiving Day are down there right now. We started doing this a couple years ago and had the, well, I shouldn't say the kids, had Brantley. Emery's a toddler, so she wouldn't be much help, but uh, started doing it on Christmas or Christmas, man, I'm all over the place, Thanksgiving Day. And it has become, frankly, the highlight of Thanksgiving Day for me. It is such a fun experience, A, to be helping everybody, but it's so fun in there being around everyone and the conversation, everybody's in a good mood. It's a great way to start Thanksgiving day before you're with your families or whatever you're doing that day. So if you don't have anything going on in the morning and you can spare some time to either fill trays, pass out food, deliver food, anything, cook food, I I highly recommend signing up. It's a really great fulfilling experience. Um, They do a great job down there. 
I know everybody's been through a lot of things here at the church and things we've done, you know, hog roast and all the things we put on. Personally, this day is my favorite. It is, I, I can't say much more about it other than it is a super fulfilling thing. And even my son, who's in fourth grade, same age as your daughter, it's yeah. he really looks forward to it too. He loved doing it that first year. And uh, so, yeah, if you can sign up for that, there's a lot of different things you can do. Um, but other than that, I think we'll close it up. Thank you again, Natalie, You're for welcome. coming on. We'll uh, we'll have you on again uh, in the future. Um, I kind of got an idea of what we're gonna do next year. I'm gonna continue this season, this uh, this whole year, and really until Memorial Day before summer break is gonna continue to be this getting to know thing. But I, I've got a pretty good idea of what I'm gonna do next year, and I, I think you'll be oh, uh, I think you'll be interested, and I think uh, I think you'll come on at least once or twice. So yeah. thank you again, and uh, also um, she was gracious. Uh, gracious. I am so grateful for her coming on because not a lot of people want to put their story out there and just need to take that plunge and kind of like her getting on the plane and going to the mission trip. Uh, maybe that's what you need to do to come on here and tell everybody your story. I think uh, I think there's been a lot of connections made already through this just by someone learning something new about someone they didn't know before. So, so thank you again for coming on. Thank you all. And uh, God bless, and we'll see you Sunday.